Hey mamas, you do not want to miss today's podcast with T. I'm not going to give anything away before she tells her story. You need to hear it from her. But this is a birth story that is filled with so much empowerment and strength. Birth is unpredictable, but one thing we know for sure is that mama, you are built to birth. And the moment you start believing that is the moment your pregnancy and birth will change for the better. T talks so highly in this podcast about preparation and education as you approach birth. And if you want to be educated and informed, the Built to Birth online course is out now that gives you the building blocks for a happier, healthier, and easier birth. Every birth is so different, but you deserve to be informed on how to make the best choices for your experience. So with that, let's hop into T's absolutely wild and beautiful birth experience. Thank you so much for taking this time with me to share your story. I'm so excited to hear it. I'm very excited to share it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the artwork in the back. Is that yes, from your thank kids? You. Um, yes, some is from the kids and one is from an art, uh, artist in New York City. But most of it is my kids, my son's there, my daughter's over there. I love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Well, why don't you share a little bit about yourself before we hop into your birth stories? Okay. All righty. So I am T. I'm originally from New York City. I now live here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, this is my third child. I have two. My first is a boy. He's nine. And my daughter just turned seven, uh, April 28th. And baby boy was born April 21st. 2020. (laughs) I love it. Well, again, I'm so excited to hear your birth experience because I heard a little snippet of it when you messaged me. Yeah. It's going to be wild. I can't wait to hear it. No, it really is. It really is. (laughs) Um, So I'm I'm new here in in the state and being from New York, things are a certain kind of way. And you know, I just, I don't know. Your first pregnancy, you think things are going to go one way. Your mm-hmm. second pregnancy, you think it's going to go one way. And then the third one, I thought, oh, this is going to be easy. Yeah. Um, and my doctor was very relaxed. He's like your typical, see, I'm from the East Coast. The East Coast is a little bit more rigid. And my okay. doctor was totally relaxed. Like, yeah, you know, when it's seven minutes apart, just give me a call. I'm like, <laughs> okay. okay, I'm waiting for And seven. did you have your first two in New York? Yes, I did. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. My first, I had an epidural. Um, okay. My water broke. And I was told when your water breaks, you have to go to the hospital really, really quick. So we were there in the hospital for 16 hours after my water okay. broke. And I had an epidural. Um, my daughter, I was a little bit more knowledgeable. I knew a little bit more. So I stayed home a little longer. And she, we were in the hospital about seven hours. I had an epidural. So this time... I've got my West Coast doctors more relaxed. And I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking about not having an epidural. It's like, whatever you want to do, it's up to you. Don't worry. And I'm like, okay. But he kept reminding me, seven minutes now. The third baby comes easy. Remember, seven minutes. Give me a call. Yeah. Okay. Um, so April 20th. And how far a- from the hospital are you? <laughs> it's about five minutes. Okay. Okay. So keep going. <laughs> I and I laugh because with just five minutes, I, I still was not enough time, honestly. So <laughs> well, don't give too much away yet. Keep going with okay. your story. Okay. Um, 
So I go to my, I'm at week 39 at this point. And I. And with your other kids, did you go over your due day or were you early or right on time? 38 weeks with my son, the first one. Okay. 42 weeks with my daughter. Wow. Okay. So I just, and um, it's, I had a nurse practitioner and she listened to me as well. And she said, well, you know, after 42, we have to induce. Hmm. So I said, okay. So it was like week 41 and day six. (laughs) And that's when it was like, okay, we're going to the hospital. That morning they were going to induce me. She came at 2 a.m. on her own. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, But she was fine. You know, at that point, after week 40 or 39, I believe, we do the stress test. Mm -hmm. So I saw the OB one day and then I did ultrasound the next. So it was like every day we were going to the doctor. Mm -hmm. So with her, with my daughter, I was ready for her to come. So week 42, she came epidural but again I have to say this the first time around I just kept looking at all the humans around me like why there's so many people it was Mm. horrible it hurt so bad I was so scared I was Mm. overwhelmed no one talked with me that it just was I'm looking at people like how are there so many people in the world when this is the process Mm. you know it it was scary and that was my was my first time and and no I'm not I'm, I'm 38 so I'm not necessarily young either. He's mm. nine. And I just felt like um, not supported and, mm. you know, so. Yeah, and knowing- that's hard for anything, you know, for any experience to go into it for your first time without that support. That's scary mm-hmm. for anything and especially childbirth for your first, your firstborn. That is yes. a little bit scary for sure. Keep going. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. And um, the doctor kind of was, you know. They ask all these technical questions and it's just like, but you know, it's, it's in the files in the computer and you're in active, you're in labor and you're in pain. They're asking these questions and like, oh no, but you're fine. And I didn't feel fine. I thought it was time. My water broke. I was told you should come. And they're like, oh, you could have waited. And I'm, it it was mixed messages. The nurse was phenomenal and I was grateful Mm. to have had that nurse, but that experience was not, it really questioned, I'm really questioned why there were so many humans. Because I'm wow. like, if every woman goes through that, why yeah. are we doing this? Like, yeah. why are we doing this? Mm. So with that, the second time around, I wanted more knowledge. But you figure that was 2013. So the internet is not as saturated with so much information as it is now. Fast forward to 2019, 2020, and I found you on YouTube. <laughs> and you're talking about the different stage. I mean, and I watched your videos, no lie with the pen and paper, I'm like, okay. Because (laughs) although you've been through it before, each time is different and each time is unique. And if I wanted to do it more relaxed and more confident, I needed more information. Hmm. And the books weren't working. I was reading Hmm. books and I'm like, that's scary. Um, And with COVID-19, the birthing sentences are filling up. It's Hmm. quickly approaching my due date and I'm panicking a lot. But then I was like, you just popped up and I'm listening to your voice. And I'm like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> and you were, um, I went to a doctor's appointment. This was before the day. And they told me the baby was breached. So I started with your how to get the baby in the position um, video. This was like week 35, 36. Okay. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, let's just see. So I'm doing positions and I literally stood up and I was like, i felt the baby move. I've never really? felt anything like that before. And I'm like, wow, she's amazing. So now I'm like, what did that feel like? A literal shift. 
Wow. Actually, I, I, I can honestly say that maybe first time around, I wouldn't have noticed it. Second mm. time, maybe not. But now I'm really in tune to body. Mm. And now I, I meditate and things are different mm. in my life. Things are more calm. So I'm like, whoa. You literally feel a shift. Um, it wasn't like a quick flip or anything yeah. like that. It was more like a sinking into. Like the baby felt like it was uncomfortable. And then mm. when I did the lean off the couch, it kind of felt like, all right, now that both of us are more comfortable. Wow. I well, still couldn't I breathe. I can only imagine because like the heaviest part of their body is their head. So coming from up here, then shifting down, that would be a total, like you, you I'm sure your whole body felt like a little different because then that, their center of gravity totally changed your mm-hmm. center of gravity almost. Mm-hmm. 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 And it was like an, an, it was like a pressure since then. Mm-hmm. And I had heard women talk about, oh, so much pressure, so much pressure. And I had never noticed that before. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wow, this is interesting. I felt more aware, more in tune. So I was hooked. Wow. So now I'm watching your video. Um, I watched it a couple of times. How to know that you're the stages of labor. Mm. And then the one that I swear to you, kid you not, saved my life was the breathing. Mm. It was the breathing that let me say to my boyfriend, like, no, we've got to go. <laughs> like, because I'm like, <laughs> I heard you say, if you do, if you, if you were to breathe, if you continue to breathe this way, you're going to hyperventilate and you're going to take mm. um, air away from yourself and the baby. I literally mm. heard you say that. So I said, mm. no, I have to switch my breathing because it got so hard that yeah, I'm sorry. I'll go back. <laughs> okay, okay. It's just that I'm grateful that I, that your information is there because just casually watching it in the middle of the night when I couldn't sleep and I'm uncomfortable, I'm listening to your voice, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm like, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm total believer that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I watched other people's videos about stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay. But I could hear you <laughs> speak. Nice and calm. (laughs) Like, okay, mama, if you don't breathe this way, you're going to stop the breath from you and the baby. And I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. she's right. And I literally just, it it became me and you in my room. And my boyfriend's (laughs) like, what do I do? I'm like, call the doctor. You call the doctor's office. And then you're like, no, you have to change the way you're breathing, mama. And I'm like, okay, you're right. And I'm like, all right, (laughs) change the breathing. So I didn't think it was real this real because the pain I had felt in the past was Mm. so excruciating that there was no way that this was real. Mm. Right. But then I'm listening, I'm hearing you say about the breathing and I'm feeling myself struggle to breathe. I said, no, you have to call the doctor because there was no seven minutes apart. There Mm. was no consistency. Um, I went to the doctor that morning. They told me I was close to thinning, not even completely thin or dilated. Close really? to thinning. Yeah, I think he said maybe 70%. Okay. So I said, okay, well, that could be today or a week. You know, yeah, anything is totally. possible. <laughs> 3 a.m., <laughs> I'm getting contractions. And I'm like, okay, I have been having contractions. So I was like, okay, no big deal. Yeah, okay. Um, We had already checked with the hospital. I knew that he could come. And I had said in my mind, watch, I'm going to go to the hospital <laughs> dot 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 it was like i i spoke yeah i manifested it but i never thought this magnitude so i say to my boyfriend call we call i'm hearing you we're breathing 
I have to take a shower. He's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I have to take a shower. I must take a shower. I go into the shower and then um, the contractions are getting stronger. And I'm like, but wait a minute. There's no, I've got the app. I'm tracking it. It's 10 minutes here, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, four minutes. I'm like, I've got time. My boyfriend opens the shower and he says, you can't hear you. But if you don't get out that shower right now, I'm taking you. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) fine. So now I'm trying to get dressed. I can't do anything. I can't move. Mm. And you said, when it gets to the point where you drown out everybody, when you can't hear anything, when you respond, that's, it's time to go. Like it's go time. Mm. You're ready to, it's active labor. Mm. Like, no, it's going time. (laughs) It doesn't really, it still doesn't hurt that bad. Because again, I almost feel as if epidurals make you hurt more. Hmm. Because hmm. if I didn't have two experiences prior, I would never say anything like that. But hmm. the contract, no pitocin, no comfort medication. I'm in my house. The lights are low. So all of these things definitely make a difference. Yeah, I wanted to have that experience, but I wanted to plan it. Hmm. And again, with COVID-19, everybody was booked. There was no midwives, yeah. no doula, nothing. So I was like, well... Mm-hmm. It's time to go. The nurse says, go to the hospital. I'm calling the doctor. He'll meet you there. Cool. I walked maybe a couple feet from my bedroom where I had been pre-laboring or getting myself ready. Yeah. And I couldn't move anymore. I, we have um, a two-story house. I'm on the second floor. So to leave, we have to go downstairs to go to the garage. And I'm at the top of the steps. Like, I can't go down the steps. That's it. This yeah. is it. I can't do it. I'm standing there. My weapon's like, it's going to be fine. Let me just grab the bag. Let's go. My water breaks. Oh, my goodness. So easy. Just like out of the movies, textbook style. (laughs) I'm like, oh, (laughs) my water just broke. Yeah. Okay. And even that, I'm like, I'm still calm. I'm like, oh, my water just broke. All right, let's go. Let's get down Mm -hmm. the steps. I get, I start going. I'm like, wow, this is harder than I thought. Then I get to a point where my body just says, stop. You can't do it anymore. Just stop. Mm. So I'm at the top of the steps and I'm, I'm at, I have three steps left before I can get to the car. And I just tell my boyfriend, we got to stop. So we're standing there on the steps. I'm holding him. I think I'm holding my breath. My eyes are closed and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. He's like, you can do this. Come on, let's go. And I'm like, all right, when I say go... We're going to walk to the car and we're not going to stop. Yeah. He okay. said, okay. So I'm like, all right, go. We go to the car. We get in the car. Then he says, I need to go get something. I'm like, sure, get whatever. It's intense. It's getting more intense. I'm in the backseat of my crossover SUV. <laughs> something says, hold on to the backseat. And then I hold on to the front. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. I have to push. My body is oh. saying, you have to push. My goodness. And so I'm like, Okay, well, get in whatever push position in the backseat will look like. Let's do that. So I'm standing up and I'm kind of like hovering over the seat. So I'm grabbing the back seat, the front seat, and I just push. And I'm just like, I'm letting out this. Oh, and my boyfriend, her, he's like, I know it's time. He comes running down. He's like, what happened? I was like, I just pushed. And he's like, okay. He pulled out of that parking garage like it was gone in 60 seconds. I had never seen anything <laughs> like it. And we, we literally pull out of the garage, make a left, make a right into the main road, 
And I say, I have to push again. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm still standing up. I'm still in the backseat. I'm holding on. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I just pushed and I look down and I see these little eyes at me and I'm like, the baby's out. my goodness. And he goes, what? He looks at me in the rear view and he's like, what? And I'm like, the baby's (laughs) out. Now I look up and I see the middle of the road in the middle of the car. And I'm like, wait, fuck. I'm so hot. I'm sweating. I'm like, windows down. And then I'm like, wait, wait, baby, scoop up baby. And I've never done any of this, seen any of this. I'm not familiar with any of it. I'm with Mm. the white sheet. And then the doctor lifts the baby and puts it on your chest. And then it's cute. And it's a photo op. And then it's clamping and scissors. And I'm just Mm. like, all right, calm. That's what we need to do. And then I'm scooping mm. up the baby and I'm like, then he goes, we got to close the window. I'm like, close the windows. What should yeah. we do? I don't know. Call 911. So now we call 911. And the, the dispatcher goes, okay, is the baby breathing? And I'm like, yes. And I look at him. He's making little spit bubbles. He hasn't necessarily cried yet, but he's okay. made little, you know, little mm. sounds but he's making little spit bubbles and his head, you know, he's moving. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is insane. She's like, okay, do you have a blanket or something? I'm like a blanket. Then I remembered my um, hospital bag and I'm like, okay, there's Mm -hmm. gotta be something in there. I'm leaning with the baby to grab the blanket. And I'm just like, okay, I have a a scarf. I wrap the baby in the scarf and I'm like, and she's like, can you pull over? And he's like, we're minutes. Mind you, we're only five minutes away. I know. And and he's like, we're almost there. And she's like, well, where are you? We say where we are. And she goes, okay, I'm having an emergency response come to you. And we're like, we're almost there. We're going to make it. Well, she goes, okay, I'm going to call the hospital and let them know you're on your way. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now is when the whole time I've I've breezed past the COVID-19, but when we arrive, that's when it's real because Mm -hmm. they have um, a gentleman outside who's doing check-ins before Mm -hmm. you go into the emergency room and such. But we pull up and remember the baby's out. This is the desert, but it's 6 a.m. So it's kind of cool. So he's got the window rolled down like this much. He's like, hey, my guy, you know, my girlfriend just had the baby in the car. He's like, oh, baby, I'll be right back. I think he heard we're about to have a baby. He goes yeah. inside and the nurse comes with a, with a wheelchair like, Hi. yeah. And at this point, the baby starts to cry. She goes, no, there's a baby in the oh, car. She runs in and the hospital's code stork. So code stork must mean when the baby comes in, yeah. boom, I guess. Yeah. And we're still attached and everything. And that's when everyone comes outside, it's at least 30 responders. And then the fire department comes <laughs> because oh my the emergency res- um, the 911 operator had called for emergency response. And here, I believe F- the uh, fire department are the ones that are, they can get whatever needs to get mm-hmm. done, done on the scene. So I hear him say, well, I just want to see the baby at this point. That's the firefighters. Yeah. So now I'm in the car and I'm like, wow, look at all these people. Thank you so much. <laughs> they open the door. They've got the blue, the sterile things and everything's yeah. happening so fast. And everybody's like, you do, you did great, mama. You did great. And I'm like, oh my God, I still, I'm in complete shock. And then you go, of course. then you said, then you said, there you go, mama. You did it. You breathed right through it. And I was like, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. And then they, and then 
fast forward and I'm going to come back to the moment. I watched the video about the umbilical cord and the moments um, with having the cord attached and not necessarily mm. cutting it right away. Mm-hmm. And if the cord turns white, that the blood mm-hmm. has trans. So I was like, well, that is so cool. I didn't plan on that and I didn't know that, but yeah. I, the cord did turn white by the time we got to the hospital. So they're there and the two nurses are in the back seat, reaching over to clamp and get the baby. And they're like, we're going to take the baby inside. And I'm like, okay, it happened so fast. But immediately I'm like, wait a minute, they're taking the baby inside. I'm in the car. And so I'm looking at, for my boyfriend, like, where's my boyfriend? Where is he? Where is he? Because I'm in the car and they're trying to make sure I'm okay. And the baby goes inside and I'm just like, all right, you know what? Just stay calm. Because my blood pressure could be up. There could be tons of things mm. that's going along with me that I have no clue. So I'm just like, just try to stay calm, stay calm. Yeah. They eventually, the doctor pops his head in. He's like, he literally goes, well, you don't need me. And he backs out. <laughs> he's like, you did a great job. So I'm going to, I'll see you inside. And I'm like, Oh okay. my goodness. <laughs> so about now there's about maybe 35, 40 people outside. Um, with the ambulance on the side and they get me on the gurney and she's like, it's going to feel weird because your umbilical cord is hanging. I'm like, mm. yeah, I guess that would be there. The umbilical yeah. cord. So <laughs> yeah. like, she says to me, can you get up? And I'm like, wow, can I? And I could, I stood right mm. up and sat yeah. down right on the gurney and swung me over and they wheeled me in and I'm, I still can't believe it. Um, but then when I got inside, I still had to deliver my placenta. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't over, over. Honestly, that part hurt more than the actual delivery because nurse mm-hmm. comes in. It makes sense because they weren't there when it actually happened. So they, I guess, can't see the blood loss or what was happening. Yeah. How I, like, I'm not, no monitors yet because this is yeah. an emergency situation. So now they're, I've got to push to process placenta and, it was just amazing because now I'm there. There's no baby. It's just all of us just sitting around just like, hey, going to deliver that placenta. And I'm like, okay. Oh, my goodness. And I had the opportunity to take placenta, but I wasn't prepared for, for that moment. And the nurse was like, if you had someone that could bring it, I'm like, no, I have no one that could bring it. Yeah. But I'm upstairs and then my boyfriend comes and he had to get cleared with a special name tag that mm. said he was checked. His temperature was checked and such and delivering placenta without the baby. I'm still waiting. Like, where's the baby? Where's the baby? And then finally yeah. someone says that um, through delivery, he must have taken in some fluid, which, mm-hmm. you know, it happened in the backseat of the car. I don't deliver yeah. babies. I'm not a professional. Yeah. So it was my first delivery too. And it was my <laughs> own. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I don't know, but everybody kept saying, you did a good job. You did a good job. Mm-hmm. And, In that moment when he wasn't there and they were talking to me about how, you know, did you realize this? Did you realize that? Um, I have fibroids as well. So they were wondering about Mm. the bleeding and such. And I'm just like, my mind is still on, I delivered the baby in the car. Like I can't. Trying to catch up with that. (laughs) I'm like, sure, sure, sure. Um, So they said he had fluid. And then we got to see him about maybe two hours after that. Dad got to see him first but um when they transferred me from the delivery area to um postpartum they asked can do you want to walk or do you want a gurney and I said I can walk Hmm. 
So I delivered the baby in the car. No, not even a Tylenol, nothing. No. And then I got up and walked. I My know. first child, I was so afraid to even use the bathroom, let alone get yeah. up and walk, that mm. I'm just still amazed that the differences between the epidural and this natural birth. And mm. I really, you even said it, it's in the mind. Mm. The pain and such is in your mind. If you can control, yeah. basically control your mind, you control everything else. Yeah. And I guess I was just totally zen, relaxed, that I still can't believe it. I know. Um, I walked to postpartum. Mm. And Mm. then I walked to see the baby. He was in the NICU because he did have some fluids. But Mm. he was only there for about four hours because everything else was fine. Yeah. And he must have just taken a gulp maybe on his way out. Or Mm -hmm. maybe he was as shocked as I was. Like, we doing this now? Like, right now? I'm sure. (laughs) Here? In the car? Really? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, So, yeah, and then they ask you um, what doctor delivered your baby. And I'm like, me. (laughs) And and dad was the nurse. So that's that. (laughs) And where was your baby born? I go somewhere on, you know, I named the street (laughs) between. And then we drive past there and we go, this is the spot you were born. (laughs) That's hilarious. What a story. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's not, it is so wild and it's not like, I think the moral of the story is just how powerful relaxation and your mind and breathing is, you know, it's not like, okay, so now everyone go have a baby in the car. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's not the moral of the story. (laughs) Mm -mm. No, but what I had been doing was, was mentally preparing myself because in the past from horror stories, other people or birth stories in general, maybe not even horror stories. Um, I'm like, oh, just get up a Durham. Okay. And then, um, my first experience was not that good on how they inserted it. There was pain Mm. there and that wasn't fun. And Mm. the second time around, I'm like, well, that's just what people do. So Mm. this time I was, I'm a little old, uh, seven years later, you Mm. know, from the last child. And I'm like, let's try something else. And I wanted to explore all options. Yeah. I looked at hypnobirthing and all types of things because, I mean, who really wanted to walk into the hospital, have a baby, and come out with a serious situation? This COVID-19 is very scary. Um, And when I was out and about, there were so many bellies out and about Mm. while I was pregnant that I just knew wasn't going to be easy. Mm. I contacted a doula friend of mine that's in New York that said she would help me, but we didn't even get to that. I mean, it was just a matter of, like, definitely educating yourself, getting more Mm. information, and finding the things that are going to help you feel comfortable. I think mm. you mentioned, even if it doesn't work in the moment, just knowing that you have it to yeah. return to is important. Mm. So I'm thinking about my candle burning and I'm thinking about my essential oils going. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is working. So definitely the mind is very, very powerful for sure. Yeah. Because I convinced myself that I needed the epidural mm. and it was horrible. I convinced mm. myself that I didn't. And that I was going to be able to do it and totally fine. Yeah. 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 Wow. And I love what you said too about like you, you just realized that you had more options, you know, and so you started looking at what those options were. And I think that's so important for 
every single person when it comes to the, you know, what's happening to them medically, but especially for a mom in labor, because you're going to carry that experience with you for the rest of your life. And so knowing, oh, I don't just have to lay in bed to give birth. I don't just have to get an epidural. I don't just have to, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever it may be, but knowing, oh, I have, I have rights and I have options and Mm -hmm. I get to choose. And I think that's so empowering for anyone, but especially for a pregnant woman where you're going through something that's very transformative and where you do feel very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just think that's really powerful. What you said is just educating yourself on what your options are is so important when it comes to pregnancy and birth. So absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, again, it just was what we do. Honestly, no one in my family has done anything different. So Mm -hmm. everyone just pretty much goes to the hospital, has the baby and you go home and that's it. And honestly, it has not, I use that, has not been as common in the past for women of color to seek other options. Hmm. So, I mean, it just was these times I'm noticing like um, 2017, 18, 19, 20 women in general are becoming more aware of themselves and educating themselves and there's more options. And um, yeah, if I would have known what was, for example, I didn't know about not having to have Pitocin. Hmm. I knew that I hated it. And I knew that the hmm. second time I didn't want to have it. But the first time around, they just go, they come with the IV. Oh, we're going to give you this. And they just hook yeah. it up and put it in. And you're like, oh, okay. I yeah. guess I need it. You know, yeah, and, and that's not informed consent. That no. wasn't you saying, okay, I will allow that. That was, okay, you're doing it. So what can I say? Where's my voice in this? And, and, and even much so this time around, especially because I'm coming into the hospital with the baby and mm-hmm. the woman puts up the IV and she's like, and I said to her, I said, I'm sorry, what's that? And she's like, you have to deliver your placenta. So you're going to mm-hmm. need some Pitocin. Now I said to her, I said, well, do we need to have it at that dose? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, not necessarily. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, can we go? Cause baby's out. So tech- yeah. in my mind, I'm like, well, I did all the hard work. I, Technically, could just turn around and walk yeah. out. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know that much thereafter. So I'm like, well, I guess mm. this is the place to be. But I know that yeah. I can advocate for the levels of things and how much mm-hmm. and frequency and things yeah. like that. So, yeah, yeah, you definitely have to take some time to educate yourself. Yeah. And I think that's so empowering to be able to speak up on your own behalf or, you know, and that's sometimes hard to do in labor, but to have someone there who can speak up for you is so important, which Mm -hmm. is why having, you know, an educated partner or a doula there with you or a trusted nurse, you know, or, you know, anyone who's educated to speak up on, you know, your behalf when you're in labor. And sometimes that's hard to do. It is, especially right now with what we've got going on. And, and I thought about that. And that was another mm-hmm. thing. I kept convincing myself, preparing myself to labor on my own. Mm-hmm. And that was a big part of it. That's what really made me get into figuring out what are my options? Like, mm-hmm. what can I do? What are things? And then stretching the limits. What are things I can bring to the hospital? Because if I'm going to yeah. bring my um, electric essential oil diffuser, I don't want anyone to say I can't bring it. Because I can't bring anybody with me, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was preparing Mm -hmm. myself for that. Luckily, that wasn't the case. And my partner was able to come. But, like, my, our family still hasn't met the baby. Um, Mm -hmm. We're originally from back east. And so no one has 
met the baby yet. My si- my yeah. children, my other children couldn't meet the baby yet um, mm-hmm. until we got home. Yeah. But if someone has to do it, just know that you can. That's pretty much, mm-hmm. I know it sounds so like you can, but you really, it's so simple. You really can. Yeah. If you say that you can, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For real. Mm-hmm. No, I think as simple as that is, I think it's so empowering to hear like, Yes, you can. Like, mm-hmm. stop telling you, stop telling yourself that you can't, because you can, and it's and it can be incredible. You know, it can. So it can yeah. be because if I had allowed the fear on top of mm-hmm. what actually happened, only God knows what would have happened. Yeah, you know, it mm-hmm. only kind of worked that way. I think because I was in control and relaxed and mm-hmm. felt that. I can do I can do this and I'm yeah. going to do it and that's it. Yeah. Like there was no option. This was it. Yeah. Did I know the baby was going to come? No. <laughs> Threw no, you a little curveball, but <laughs> yes. But because I was prepared it was because it could have uh, there's so much that could have could have could have could have because mm, again yeah. you got because like you said we're not advocating go have the baby in the car. Um yeah, of course. If I didn't I had no with COVID, there's no prenatal, um, no Lamaze classes, no mm. birthing classes, no um, breastfeeding classes, nothing. You yeah. just can go to your OB. And some of those appointments, they even frown at you for bringing a partner. But yeah. I wanted to make sure, because this pregnancy, I felt a little, a little pregnant brain more so than ever. Uh, just mm. a little, little, just a little. And so <laughs> I wanted someone to be able to actually repeat what was said. Um, mm. but you, you totally can do it. And if you're mm. not prepared, things could go wrong because I saw where breathing could have went wrong. Mm. Yeah. If you're not calm, if you don't take control of your breathing, it could be very scary because first time I needed oxygen. So mm. I knew that I knew that I become mm. this person who, um, panics with their breath. Definitely. Yeah. I either hold it or breathe too much. And I yeah. didn't want to do that because, hello, I'm in the car. And I mm. didn't want to pass out or put the baby at risk. So breathing is very, very important. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like I hear that time and time again. And I think what it is is it's not so much like, yes, oxygen has a big part of that because our body requires oxygen. Our babies require oxygen. But I think mostly it's our mindset, you know, it's just coming back to the breath. And I love how you kept saying like throughout your story, just in moments where you felt like you were starting to panic, you, you'd come back and be like, okay, I have to calm down. Like when you look down and saw your baby and you're like, there's a baby. Like I see your (laughs) eyes staring back at me. You're like, okay, what do I have to do right now? I have to calm down Uh because otherwise you like react instead of respond. And sometimes those reactions are panicked and out of fear and not. And then when we respond, it's very, it's a, it's very empowering. It's very straightforward. We know what we're doing. Yes. And I think it's hard to respond when Yeah, it's hard to respond when it's not calm, when Uh you're panicked. So Uh I love how you shared that. I think that's so valuable for moms, especially first-time moms, too, or moms who are trying to seek out a different experience like you did for this birth, you know, like saying, what do I need to do in order to have a, a great experience? Not just to live through it, but how do I just, you know, how do I have a great experience? Right, right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I love yeah, it. Yeah, because that too. totally convinced me that if I were to do it again, if, 
that yeah. I don't have to be in the hospital setting, that I hmm. could do it labor at home. I could do it for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think it's so cool too when moms realize like, oh, wow, like I don't need – and some pregnancies and births, you do need yes, medical yes. attention and professionals. Yes. But birth generally is a very normal and natural event. And so for moms to realize, wow, I did that. And I didn't really need this whole like crew of people. And sometimes mm-hmm. women do. And we can be so grateful to have that yes. care when we need it. Yes. But it is yes. very empowering to say, oh, wow, I did this like in my car by myself mm-hmm. like, with my mm-hmm. partner in the front seat driving on the mm-hmm. driving to the hospital mm-hmm. <laughs> again not that that's the goal no but no, it no. is like wow we did that like that's amazing and crazy and wild <laughs> it is it is <laughs> well t thank you so much for sharing your story with us um, thank you before we wrap up is there anything that you would like to share with other mamas um If you are pregnant right now, just know that you can do this and Mm. you are strong and you are awesome and you can do this and Mm. um, it's going to be okay. And just Mm. stay calm and it's going to be okay. And even if you have to do it by yourself, trust yourself, listen to yourself and you, you can, whatever the situation you can do it, just stay calm and believe in yourself for sure. Mm. I love it. And, and watch the rest one of the last- videos. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes, education is empowerment. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. One last thing before we leave. I know you have a little business, and I see you're wearing your business's shirt. Is there anywhere that um, moms could go to follow along and check out your business if sure. they wanted to? Um, thank you very much. I'm on Instagram. I am Tiki's Customs. That's T-I-K-I-S-C-U-S. T-O-M-S. I make beaded jewelry. So pretty. I was checking it out before our call. So I'll definitely link that down below um, in the video description and the uh, show notes for the podcast. Um, Thank you very much. You do make beautiful jewelry. And thank you so much for sharing your beautiful birth experiences with us. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. (laughs) And thank you for all that you do. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Oh, of course. Well, it was such a pleasure talking with you, T. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you, you too. (laughs) Bye. Mama, I told you this story was wild, but more moving than T's birth experience was her journey to realizing how empowering and beneficial it is to know your options, advocate for yourself in your birth space, and that most of the work and labor is actually in your mind. Where your mind leads, your body follows, and because of that deep reality, I've created affirmation meditations that guide your mind into relaxation and calm to lead your body in the direction that you want it to go in labor. You can check them out for free on YouTube, which is linked in the show notes, or you can purchase and download them from my website, builttobirth.com, which is also linked in the notes, and where you can also find my Built to Birth online course. Mama, like T said, you can do this. You are built to birth. So thanks for being with me in this one and I'll see you in the next one.